don't know. I'll have to go back in my time machine and figure that out. Um, is, that, is that what you would do with the time machine? I guess so, yeah. I know that's what Why I would do. Why did I only give Jacob's Ladder four and a half stars? <laughs> Why did Chainsaws, I do that? sorry. <laughs> Why did I give Jacob's Ladder only four and a half chainsaws? <laughs> Why am I short? Which, that's the only thing. That's the only question I have about the past. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where two unlikely gorehounds delve into our horror movie notebook from college, which meticulously kept track of every film we watched in the horror section of our local video store in our quest to survive and to ensure we end up as the final girl. Join Julia and Marion as we revisit the classic and obscure horror VHS we viewed and logged in our notebook, breaking them down one by one, geeking out about all of the ghastly minutiae, and ultimately illuminating the path to survival. Hello. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Horror Movie Survival Guide. This is episode five. This is episode we'll be reviewing Jacob's Ladder, uh, and the episode is called New York is Hell. This is the fir- first podcast from Indie Popcorn, and we are recording at the circus. And just to recap, Julie and I are going through our horror movie notebook from college, going through all the movies of the many, many movies that we saw, um, and we're breaking them down for you one by one and giving you all our tips for survival. That's right. We're revisiting all the movies that we watched together in college, and uh, we were very, very uh, specific about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a rating system that we came up with that we are rating all the movies with. So uh, Jacob's Ladder, for us, mm-hmm. we have a... Uh, well, let's go over the... Yeah. Let's go over first. Our rating system, we have a gore factor, which is separate from the movie rating, because, you know, blood and uh, scare do not always go together. Totally different. So for our gore factor, a one, not enough blood to fill the Dixie cup. Two, a puddle of blood. Three, enough blood to gross out the average viewer. Four, a bathtub of blood. And five, run for the barf bag. <laughs> and for movie ratings, we do uh, zero to five chainsaws. Seems appropriate. Uh, one chainsaw, if you're desperate. Two, barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. And five is fantastagorical. So for us, Jacob's Ladder, uh, the gore factor is a three and a half. Uh, I gave it a five. I gave it a four and a half. I'm a little confused about that, but maybe as we talk about this, it'll become clear to me because this movie kicks so much ass. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. What, what was I thinking, Marion? So the tagline for Jacob's Ladder is, the most frightening thing about Jacob Singer's nightmare is that he isn't dreaming. Which uh, goes into, uh, we say this every time, but spoilers, folks, there's so many spoilers. So if you've not seen Jacob's Ladder and you intend on seeing Jacob's Ladder, do not listen to this podcast first. Watch it first. Right. And Come back. Totally. And it is worth your time. Definitely worth your time. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, it's it's an excellent film. It is directed by Adrian Lin. Mm-hmm. This is post-Fatal Attraction and Flashdance. Correct. Uh, and stars Tim Robbins. Mm-hmm. Which is very exciting. Which is very exciting. Um, <laughs> we were very excited to see Tim Robbins. Um, and Elizabeth Pena and uh, Danny Aiello and Pruitt Taylor Vince. Poor Taylor Vince. Who just kills it. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. We get ahead of ourselves. We get so excited. <laughs> There's super certain actors. We're like, oh, thank you so much. Uh, so we have Jacob as a as a soldier in the Vietnam War. So the mm-hmm. opening scene, we have him with his Vietnam War buddies, include, including Pruitt Taylor Vince, mm-hmm. who uh, is incredible. Yeah. Just awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the opening scene uh, is improvised, just some, some back and forth banter yeah. with uh, the soldiers. And it's it's like one of those, like, you know, it's it's during the war and everyone has downtime and they're joshing each other and you're just waiting for it. Like, you're just like, and three, two, one, everything's going to go to hell. And it does uh, in spectacular fashion. So I have a weird... Uh, thing in my brain where uh, horror gore I can do with no no problem. You can mm-hmm. show me Hellraiser, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'm fine. Um, but if it's war related or <laughs> medical related, I flip out. 
And so it's interesting because Jacob's Ladder has both horror gore and war gore, and yeah. there's a opening sequence in which horrible Vietnam War injuries, and I just immediately like close my eyes away done and yeah. like it's just so upsetting to me yeah so it's weird that like there's like the later bits where I'm like yeah that's fine but like I know. <laughs> the war and, bits and I'm kind of the opposite like not that I'm like war gore my favorite but like it's not that's I mean it's still pretty bad but for some reason like the Texas Chainsaw Massacres of the World just hurt me so much more <laughs> and I really I'm like I never want to do that again um, and the war stuff and the medical stuff like I can deal I can I can repeat you that I can I can handle that like so. ER I can never do that it would See, just I'm okay, kill yeah. me. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason. What's wrong with my brain? I, I know they're all fake. I know it. They're all fake. It's and yet. all fake. Yeah, I know. And mine is much more likely to happen than the other one. But I don't know. The other one just flips me out. I don't... Well, this is great no because go. Tim Robbins uh, is, you know, such an awesome actor. Mm-hmm. And before this, he had never really been in a, like, a huge dramatic lead. Mm-hmm. He'd done a lot of kind of, you know, supporting characters and a lot of comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. And this was like, I, I feel like the first time you really got to see him like do it. Yeah. Like really go as far as he can go as an actor. And he's amazing. He is amazing. And what's great too is to have, this is kind of, um, we're sort of, I know some people would probably argue whether or not this is a horror film, but I feel like this is one of those ones where it's like, sort of like, you know, kind of Shaun of the Dead and American Werewolf or like horror comedy. This is definitely like horror drama. Like this, this movie takes the subject matter very seriously um, and definitely approaches it from like from performances all the way down like super serious. But it is super frightening. Like this movie is terrifying and really gross. Mm-hmm. And um, But uh, the, the basically the beginning of it is they have this opening scene in Vietnam and an attack happens. But before the attack happens, all the soldiers in Tim Robbins' troop kind of starts freaking out like they're having seizures like something is happening and it seems like there's something in the water that they are drinking and then this or is, the or the joint they were smoking or the joint they were smoking or whatever so that's like attack from two front and then they are actually properly attacked um and you don't really see who the attackers are and then tim robbins kind of wakes up uh in bed with elizabeth Pena no and, first he's on a subway oh i'm sorry that's right then he comes back yeah but then it's like a flash forward yes um and it's like some years later and it's like okay that's over that happened he survived, and he's living his life in New York. He's got his girlfriend, Elizabeth Pena. He used to be married. He, or maybe he still is married. He's not divorced, but they're separated. Um, he has children, and he's living as a mailman <laughs> um, in this kind of post-Vietnam era and just kind of going through his life, and he starts seeing things. Really terrible things. Really terrible things. Like, he starts being, a, like, there's, a, there's, there's sort of these kind of various attacks that kind of happened to him, and you're not quite sure if he's just having, like, Vietnam flashbacks or if these things are actually happening to him. There's, like, this super scary, terrifying, super scary, uh, terrifying car chase where some guy, like, warns him to look out, and this, like, out-of-control car is chasing him down this, like, super narrow alley type thing and, like, banging up against stuff. And, um, and he, there's a sequence later on where he's at a party, um, and it's just like the worst acid trip that I think I have ever seen put to film, um, where his girlfriend is dancing with a guy and then the guy kind of becomes like a, I don't even know what to say, like a demon, demon lizard. Like there's like, there's tails and mm-hmm. lizard things and, uh, and, and this incredible song. And, and basically these things kind of just keep happening happening happening. And he realizes something's really wrong. Um, and then in the, in between these moments, he, uh, he's also having his back constantly worked on by Danny Aiello, who is his chiropractor. (laughs) Um, 
You don't get a chiropractor as, as, as kind of a heroic character very often in films. This is one of the only ones. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it's like he has, like, his chiropractor's kind of his, his BFF. Like, it's kind of like he and Danny are, like, really tight. Like, they have heart-to-heart talks, and, like, Danny Aiello is, you know, gives him all this wisdom, and he calls him an angel a lot, and, um, it, yeah, it's interesting. Um, but then eventually he meets up with, uh, he, because these things are happening, he meets up with Fruit Teller Vince. Um, so, who, so Pruitt Taylor Vences plays one of the uh, soldiers in his unit, mm-hmm. who is now also starting to see uh, horrible things. So, the 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 horrible things that they're seeing are really um, terrifying and really because they're doing them practically. So, he you get a lot of uh, people with no face, kind of like a blank a blank faced monster, mm-hmm. and then you're getting this with the Jacob's Ladder effect, I guess, which everybody yeah. would remember from this film is every, these people who are they're standing completely still, but their heads are shaking back and forth really fast, and it's a really, really scary effect. And, and there's like a weird noise coming out of it too. It's just like very unsettling. Yeah, so Adrian Lynn apparently did this all in camera and just had them shoot at a different frame rate and then speed it up to mm-hmm. make them look like they're uh, freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Taylor Pru- uh, Taylor Vince is a soldier who was also in the unit who is also he reveals seeing these kind of things. So right. now they know that something is up. And he's not crazy. He's not crazy. I'm not crazy. But but something is up uh, with his unit, and they're trying to figure out because nobody in his unit can figure out what happened that night. Everybody's mm-hmm. mind is blank to exactly yeah. what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Tim Robbins did get stabbed in the stomach with mm-hmm. a bayonet, so mm-hmm. there was injuries happening. Yeah, so he remembers that. So then they end up going to kind of together as a group to see if they can, you know, get get some more information from the army to hire this lawyer who's played by Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. Who has uh, Fritos just kept in his drawer open. Correct, yeah. I kind of like that about him. We also learned later on that there's a couple of, there's a, this scene between uh, uh, Tim Robbins and Jason Alexander that is uh, staged on a staircase, and we found out later on that they had to stage it on a staircase because those two actors are a foot apart in height. And so when they had it staged in the hallway, that did not work. Um, but he'd go to, uh, they go to the lawyer to sort of help them figure out if they can sue the army, if they can get information. And the whole thing is shut down. It's just like shut down, quashed. And then the other guys back out of it. They don't want anything to do with it. And Tim Robbins is by himself. Um, Which is one of our themes. So mm -hmm. we've learned watching a lot of horror movies is that you can never count on anybody else that you have to do it yourself. Yeah. And it definitely seems like in the beginning of this movie that when he's trying to figure out what's going on and he keeps seeing, you know, very like imagery that's both terrifying and also super upsetting. He has dreams and visions also of his son that died in real life, played by Macaulay Culkin. Um, and he keeps seeing that repeatedly. And, and yeah, he feels like he needs the other people in his unit to help him fight this big bad, whatever it is. And then they all bail on him. And so he's left by himself. And that's, that's only when he starts to kind of really figure out what's going on. Well, the, the, the cool thing about this movie too, is you're never quite sure which reality Jacob's in because Mm -hmm. we, we get a lot of Vietnam flashbacks. We get a lot of him living with Elizabeth Pena. And then we have him with his Mm ex-wife. So we're not really sure where he is Mm -hmm. in his life. Um, and it's, I, I'm glad that Elizabeth Pena has a really like meaty role in this movie yeah. because I feel like she was always kind of sidelined in movies. Mm-hmm. And I think that she's a really cool actor with mm-hmm. like a, she's very beautiful and she just has this very different, interesting take mm-hmm. on stuff. And I think that she does a really excellent job in this film. Yeah, no, she's really great. And also we were, uh, there's a particular sequence that, uh, I really enjoyed in this movie where, um, I mean, Daniello is great. Like, how can you not like Daniello? But he's got this amazing sequence where, as the chiropractor, Jacob's um, been kind of locked up in the hospital, and he basically comes to save him, and he, like, kicks open the hospital door, and he's like, Jacob Singer! Where's Jacob Singer? And just, and we were watching it, we're like, 
I always want Daniello to be on my side. Like I never want, I don't ever want, like if anything goes wrong, send Daniello for me because if he's got your back, you're, you're set. No, it's like, that's all you need. And they do have a, this sequence that he's, uh, he's saving Jacob from. They have this sequence where Jacob is, is possibly in hell and he's in this, you know, the, the really horrible hospital you see in horror movies where everything's very dirty and there's just kind of body parts everywhere and blood, and blood everywhere. everywhere and the gurney's wheels all squeaky and weird. Mm-hmm. And then you go into an operating room where everyone's horrible and one and of the doctors strapped down, you're strapped down and you can't move. And one of the doctors has no eyes and they're, you know, it's uh-huh. just, it's a, it's a, it's a good, a good hell representation, I think. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting because then as the movie goes on, there's a lot more of this sort of like heaven and hell dichotomy that plays out along a lot. Uh, he, like you said, he references the, there's a lot of biblical names in this movie, um, like Gabriel, and Jezebel, and Sarah, and even Michael and right, Paul and, and even Jacob's name. Um, and as the movie's going on, there's a um, there's a really great. I don't know if you want to get into quotes right now, but well, I, 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 I kind of feel like we're here. Um, so there's this really great quote that because Louis like the Lu- world's Louis most, is Louis a, Daniello. Daniello. Sorry, um, I feel like Daniello is like Louis in every movie, isn't he? <laughs> like some sort, of, some sort of name like that. Um, because he's like your angel chiropractor who's dispensing all this advice. When Jacob's really upset and he's fixing his back and dispensing wisdom, one of the quotes that he said that I really loved in this movie is, if you're frightened of dying and holding on, you'll see devils tearing your life away. But if you've made your peace, then the devils are really angels freeing you from the earth. That's hardcore. Hardcore. Like, G's movie. Like, all right. You know? <laughs> like, um, And so what kind of starts to become revealed, we start to see... Um, uh, Gabriel, who is uh, Jacob Singer's uh, son, played by Macaulay Culkin, more and more. And you start to kind of really get what is going on in this movie. And there's this sequence at the very end where he's with Gabriel and playing with him. And the movie kind of ends with, like, you know, Gabriel walking up this flight of stairs towards this bright light and asking his dad to come with him. And at that moment, you can kind of see that, like, Tim Robbins has this sort of, like, massive revelation. And um, Julie and I are kind of watching the movie and being like, what? what is this? Is this what's happening? What's happening? And he goes up the stairs into the white light with Gabriel. And then it cuts to a hospital in Vietnam, like in a medical tent. And Tim Robbins is on the table, dead. So there you go. There's your big spoiler. Yeah. Uh, that uh, Jacob has been dead or been dying this entire, this entire movie. film. And uh-huh. this is his, his mind fantasizing and trying to hang on to uh-huh. his life. Yeah. But as Danny Arola says, if you just let, if you let it yeah. go and you, you don't hold on, then the yeah. angels will come take you away. Yeah. And, and so it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with like the exorcist where there's this, you know, when we talk about survival, there's like the survival of the body versus survival of the soul. And this movie is a good example of it's really about the survival of the soul because like our final boy in this case in this movie definitely dies but he's actually been dead since the beginning of the movie and so the movie is really about getting his soul to kind of go from one place to the other of like accepting that coming to coming to terms with things so all these lessons that you know are sort of to be uh learned from this movie is all about that is all about ensuring the survival of that rather than ensuring the survival of your actual body which is coming up more and more i feel like we're finding this like soul survival versus body survival it's kind of interesting 
And uh, my favorite my favorite quote from this film mm-hmm. is that during the party sequence, uh, Jacob gets his his palm read by a lady yeah. who is you know this is your heart line and this is your headline mm-hmm. and then looks at his lifeline and says according to this you're already dead. Mm-hmm. So the, the the movie is actually so you know we had watched it the first time in college and mm-hmm. was blown away by it and this was the second time we had watched it together mm-hmm. and Adrian Lynn really like they if you watch it knowing what what happens it's super clear from the so beginning. So obvious, yeah. So like he, you know, you see him in Vietnam and then he wakes up on a subway car and in the subway car there are two big signs and one says, welcome to New York and one says, hell. Mm-hmm. So it's just, they're like really right out there with it. Totally. And uh, so it's very clever and upon second watching is very interesting yeah. to know what you know. Definitely. And it's interesting too because you, I was, Julie and I were talking about that I feel like the various things that happen to him in this movie, like he has a lot of issues with his back and in the beginning of the movie, like he's, stabbed through the front but his things with his back keeps coming keep coming up he keeps saying his back hurts and louis always helping him with his back and then you kind of i'm like wondering well does that mean like they're in real life that like the people who are trying to save his life in vietnam are like doing something to his back or that's why uh like he has this big freak out in the movie where he has to go in the bathtub and he's covered full of ice and you know and i wonder like kind of what the correlations are between what is physically happening to jacob's body and then what happens to him physically in this movie mm-hmm. like how tied in they are i think that's super interesting and for me, again, because war to me is the is the the biggest terror of them all, the the horror, mm-hmm. oh the horror, oh. Um, is so this movie. So so what has happened is that there's a there's a guy named Michael who shows up several times in the film to save him at the last second. He tells him to look out when the car is coming for him, mm-hmm. and we learn uh, Michael comes later in the movie to tell Jacob that he was part of an experiment that he had been uh, selling LSD and making LSD as a hippie and he'd been arrested and the government had taken him aside and said, if you come to Vietnam for two years, no combat, you'll just be working in a lab, then we'll wipe your slate clean. Mm -hmm. But they make him uh, make a drug called the ladder. Mm -hmm. And the ladder is a a drug to accentuate all of the evil and badness in men, basically, is is Mm -hmm. to make them aggressive and make them angry and make them want to kill. And so uh, Jacob has actually been killed by his own his own troops because right. they have gone so berserk on ladder that they're they're killing each other. Yeah. So for me, that's the real horror of the movie. Mm-hmm. I know that there's demons and shaky heads and stuff, and that's scary. But yeah. the fact that the government really did do experiments on soldiers and give them kind of drugs they didn't ask for, and mm-hmm. and that there were these kind of experiments is is a very interesting horror element to this. Yeah, definitely. No, it is interesting. I and I also think it's interesting that like to read those stories about, you know, these these kind of like drugs giving to soldiers and the story that they brought out of it was like, okay, yeah, that happened. That's terrible. But it's but what we're going to turn it into is a story about a guy's journey accepting his own death, knowing that that happened to him because I think that that's one of the things when Jacob's lying there like you know, trying to survive and his brain is living this whole movie, I think that would be part of it for him. It's like just before the attack happened, because I feel like everything before the attack was like real, like that actually happened. And before the attack happened, he saw his own soldiers freaking out when nothing was happening to them from like either the water or the joint or whatever. And I feel like while he's lying in the hospital bed, that would be what part of what he's mulling over. It's like, but what, but how, but maybe, oh, but maybe this does, you know, and like all those things would come to him just as it would his relationship with the son, just as it would his relationship with his fellow soldiers and, you know, like all those kind of things. So I just think that's super interesting. Yeah, you uh-huh. live in li- multiple lifetimes uh-huh. in the minutes between uh-huh. you yeah. know, while you're dying. What if I did this? What if I did that? Yeah, because there's a, a point, too, where he's back with the wife. Um, 
over the course of the film, and he references Elizabeth Pena's character, whose name is Jezebel, and says, like, yeah, I had this dream where I was, I was with Jezebel, who works at the post office. And she was like, what? And to, you know, like, yeah, those things where you're like, oh, well, what if I did, you know, took fork left instead of fork it's, right? It's a sliding I, doors kind of it's thing. It's a little bit, yeah, but it's like sliding doors as you're dying, you know, which is like super interesting, you know, and then, and take it, and because, you know, you're sort of in the world of a horror movie, you can take it as far as you want, as far as the, you know, body parts, and, 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 and even that horrible um, hospital scene that Julia was referencing, when he's strapped down, and they're like, what, he's like, what are you doing, just my back hurts, and they're like, oh no, you're, you're dead, and he's like, no, 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 I'm not, he's like, oh, if you're not dead, what are you doing here, like, you know, like all these things, like it, I don't know, it's just really... It's really interesting. Yeah, because they're not... I mean, they are trying to hide what is happening, but they're not trying to hide what was happening, really. Because they're, Mm -hmm. as we said, there's so many big, just like, they're just telling you what's happening. But because if you've never seen it, you wouldn't know. Yeah. And I also think because the imagery is so frightening and so, like, that dance scene where, like, a lizard or whatever, (laughs) lizard demon is dancing behind Elizabeth Pena, I feel like the imagery is so, like, what the world? And the hospital thing is so frightening that I think it kind of jolts you off just rationally thinking about it. Even if you just listen to the dialogue throughout the whole movie, it's pretty clear what is going on. Um, but yet, still at the end, that last scene is still really like, oh. Yeah, it's the, the last, you know, the, it's one of those movies like the last 30 seconds of the film, you're like, wow, that's yeah, crazy. I know, but then we really think about it, we're like, oh, no, that was super obvious, <laughs> you know? Um, so it was well earned. Um, but yeah, I think that going back to the, the, the sort of the survival tropes that are still there, that no one believes them, drugs equal death. Especially if your drugs are poisoned with... <laughs> poisoned by the government. Poisoned by the government. My drugs are poisoned by the government. Um, uh, and no one can help you. And no one can help you. Yeah. Um, but, but even then, but once, you, once, you, once he realizes that he's on his own, once he realizes he's like taking the advice of Danny Aiello and things like that, like he is able, even again, though he does die, like he is able to kind of go into the light and accept his death. And it's not just this terrifying... Thing. Um, it's nice to see Danny Aiello as an angel. I know. I really like Danny Aiello in this movie a whole lot. And apparently, you guys can't tell. <laughs> they apparently actually had him train with actual chiropractors, so it would be know, very realistic. Yeah, yeah, I know. Just, which is so. So I, I hope the chiropractors of the world watch this movie are like, yeah, yes. And they also do the thing too because I think you know, again, it's like he's literally an angel in the movie. Like, there's a lot of things where like he's you know adjusting his back, and then he stands up, and there's like this ethereal white light behind him. It's like. Ethereal Danny Aiello. Uh, it's pretty amazing. What would you say? Is this your favorite Tim Robbins performance? It's really up there. I mean, there's a lot, there's a, there's a lot to choose from, but I think I what I enjoy so much about it is I feel like it really runs the gamut. Like he really like he's you know he's got a lot of really cute you know kind of cute goofy stuff with Elizabeth Pena, but like that first scene where she where the wife has dropped off the pictures and he's looking at the picture of Gabriel. It's like super touching, you know, and like he's flirting with the woman who's the um, palm reader and like that's very good. And then when he's freaked out in the ice cube full of uh, the bathtub full of ice cubes and I don't know, like he freaks out really well, like really terrifying. So I feel like it's one of the performances of Tim Robbins that shows off his range a lot, you know, because he's like all over the place in this movie in such a good way Mm -hmm. and such an everyman kind of way, you know. I, I think he makes one of the cutest postmen that you ever see on screen. Pretty cute postman. And he gets serenaded. He does. I forgot about that. People yeah. say, some girls <laughs> sing, please, please, Mr. Postman, to him. It's just very cute. I'd be very excited if Tim Robbins was my postman. I would be so excited. Super excited. 
He's um, so cute and he's so tall. Yeah, and he's got the because it's supposed to, to take place in the seventies. Like he's very, he's got this very groovy, shaggy hair and these like you know John Lennon type glasses. Totally. Yeah. No, um, I enjoy I, that. I think um, I'm Tapeheads is one of my favorite films. And yeah. He's he's astounding in Tapeheads, mm-hmm. and I just rewatched Howard the Duck. Um, which yeah. is terrible, but Tim Robbins is really going for it in Howard the Duck. Like he's like, I'm going to be as wacky as possible, and that's right. like right before this film, which is I can't even imagine going from Howard the Duck to Jacob's Ladder. Whatever, no. Tim Robbins. Like, I wish that he like I feel like he never really gets his due. I feel like I mean I guess he gets like Shawshank Redemption and that kind of stuff. That's, so a, pr- that's a pretty big due. That's a pretty big due. Pretty big due. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty big due. It's like everyone's favorite movies. I've ne- I've never seen it. What? No. Are you kidding me? I've never seen Shawshank Redemption. And you dare to love Tim Robbins? That is that is a crime, my friend. That is a crime. Please. I just heard three people walk out of this room. Everybody, <laughs> everybody tells me I'm done. I'm done. I am no longer valid as a movie fan because I haven't seen Shawshank Redemption. We must fix that. Don't don't be too mean to her, guys. Um, we're going to fix it. It's okay. There's movie gaps. There are gaps. Yeah, Everybody's sure. got their movie gaps. For sure. Well, as long as you're like open to seeing it, because if you were like, I am never watching Shawshank. I, I can't like, imagine that his performance in that could rival this one, though. Oh, am I wrong? Oh, you also have some serious Tim Robbins in the rain shots, and I know, like, I know you love your boys in the rain shots, and like, there are some serious Tim Robbins in the rain in <laughs> <laughs> Shawshank that, like, it puts John Cusack in the rain, like a run for his money. Ooh. And there's a lot of good Cusack in the rain. So this is, and I like this is... that the John Cusack and Tim Robbins are best friends in real life. I hope they're still best friends. Oh gosh, I hope so. They were. Yeah, they were. But yeah, no, not they're yeah. just like big tall dudes hanging out together. <laughs> big tall, earnest, like. But yeah, so anyway, this movie, we, I highly recommend uh, if you... Uh, Definitely. Mm-hmm. It's something that, you know, it's a different kind. It's, you know, there's there's fun horror movies mm-hmm. and then there's kind of serious horror movies. And this yeah. is definitely in the serious vein. But I think the fact that you have a director like Adrian Lin, who's a serious mm-hmm. director um, and is clearly pushing his actors to go pretty far. Yeah. Um, I mean, Pruitt Taylor Vince has his scene, his big scene and he's... I'd never really Legit. seen him in anything before, and mm. wow. No, he's amazing. Like, you, when you get, like, one scene and you knock it out of the park. Uh-huh. I also think, too, that this might be a really good movie that's, like, a good kind of gateway into horror. So if you were like me, if you were like m- m- me how I was, if that's the way to say it, um, where you sort of thought or think that horror films were just kind of trash, like trashy movies with, like, terrible actors and, like, you know, all about killing babysitters, I feel like this is a, this is a good, good kind of gateway movie because there are definitely some scary, a lot of really scary elements into it, but it's so kind of hinged on this like really great premise and like just solid performances and solid, you know, so I feel like if, you know, it's a good combination of the two. If like you feel like horror movies are not really for you, I think that this would be a really good. It's engaging the whole way through. You're Mm -hmm. trying to figure out exactly what's happening and you're Mm -hmm. learning. I, I like movies where you're learning what's happening along with the characters learning what's happening. Yeah. And so he's figuring out and you're figuring out at the same time. That's always really fun. No, definitely. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I gave it a five. And I should be giving it a five. I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah, what was the half for? I could not tell you. I could not tell you. It was lacking something for you, Marianne. It was lacking something. I don't know. Maybe not enough Danny Aiello? I don't know. Like, (laughs) clearly I'm hung up on that, so I don't know. I don't know. I have to go back in my time machine and figure that out. Is that, is that what you do with the time machine? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> That's what Why I did do. I only give Jacob's Ladder four and a half stars? <laughs> Why did chainsaws, I do that? Chainsaws, sorry. <laughs> Why did I give Jacob's Ladder only four and a half chainsaws? <laughs> Why am I short? Which, that's, the only thing, that's the only question I have about the past. That's it. <laughs> Nothing else. Um, 
So thanks for listening to guys to this, guys. Um, please, uh, if you enjoy this podcast, um, subscribe to us on iTunes and comment. Leave us stars, all the stars. Yeah, you know, spread, spread the word. Help some sisters out. And yeah. uh, we are on all of the social media networks. You mm-hmm. can find us on Twitter at we are the letter R, mm-hmm. Into Survival. Mm-hmm. We're also on Instagram and Facebook as Horror Movie Survival Guide, which is the name of this podcast in case you didn't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, iTunes, we were on iTunes. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we also um, wanted to just mention a f- another film that's on iTunes called Wichita, uh, which is a psychological thriller that, uh, you know, check it out if you feel like checking it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will be talking next week about Shriek of the Mutilated. I mean, one of the most amazing titles of all time. That's how can you not, how can you not be intrigued by Shriek of the Mutilated? <laughs> we hope you are intrigued. We sure were. We uh, were, and we are. We will tell you all about it. And uh, thanks for listening to us talk about Jacob's Ladder. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Great to survive.